All right, well, it's great to see you all this morning. We are going to continue our series in the book of Hebrews today. If you have your Bible, you can open it up to Hebrews chapter 5. Uh, while you're going to Hebrews chapter 5, just, just a little bit of a story. And some of you know this story. Uh, when, when Angie and I got married, I had to pass a little bit of a test uh, from my mother-in-law. And uh, I, I was 21. Angie was, was a teenager, a 19-ager, all right. Uh, we, uh, we met in high school. Many of you know we're high school sweethearts. And uh, about four years into this, this whole dating thing, Angie's mom comes up to me and she asks me point blank, are you going to ask my daughter to marry you? And I said, I, I would love to do that. Would that be all right with you? She goes, that would be all right with me. Praise the Lord, she verifies that. It's good. <laughs> uh, you know, got that permission box checked. That was good. Figure that out. Uh, but then she says, there's, there's just one thing before you marry my daughter. And I said, anything, I'll do it, whatever it is. And she says, eat with a fork. Eat with a fork. It was a test. It was the test that I had to pass to marry Angie, eat with a fork, which, you know, you think that would be an easy thing? No, no, not at all. I loved eating with a spoon. Didn't matter what I was eating, I would eat it with a spoon. And of course, you know, eating dinner with Angie's family, her mom's watching this every time, you know, and it didn't matter what she served, I ate it with my spoon. Salad, I'll eat it with a spoon. Steak, no problem, I'll cut it with my spoon. It's true. Spaghetti and meatballs, yes, <laughs> with a spoon. I had been using a spoon my entire life since I was a little baby Brian. <laughs> and here comes Angie's mom and says, you want to you marry my daughter? Just one thing, grow up. <laughs> Doesn't feel too good, does it? Grow up. Put away the spoon, pick up the fork, be a man. <laughs> what does all this have to do with the book of Hebrews? <laughs> well, our passage today in the book of Hebrews is a little bit like this. Many of you know we've been uh, in a series here at Hope in the book of Hebrews. What a magnificent book, isn't it? The book of Hebrews, just an amazing book. Each week we've been coming, we've been hearing how awesome Jesus is been pretty cool, hasn't it? Well, uh, Steve showed us last week how Jesus is our great high priest. And uh, right in the middle of this grand exposition of Hebrews chapter 5, our author hits the brakes. Says, I'd love to tell you more. I'd love to go on. I'd love to look at the high priesthood of Jesus Christ. But for us to do that, I need you to do just one thing. I need you to grow up. Because see, for us to go further, we have to talk about your spiritual immaturity. It's tough, right? It's tough. That's the passage we're looking at today. And what we're going to see is that the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And so today for us is a great day to take stock 
of our maturity in Christ? Are we growing in our faith? How about you? Are you growing in your faith? Are you more, a more mature Christian today than you were a year ago, the start of 2020? Are you growing in your faith? Or are there areas still of spiritual immaturity in your life? Is it time to put away the spoon in some areas and to pick up the fork? So let's take a look at what Hebrews chapter 5 has to say. So if you have your Bible, Bible app, um, head on over to Hebrews chapter 5. And today, we normally, we normally are in the, e, or the NIV, but today I want to look at this in the ESV, which is a little bit more of a literal translation. So if you have that option on your app, I will be in the ESV. Hebrews chapter 5. Um, if you'll notice, verses 1 through 10, it's talking about Jesus, the great high priest. Jesus is the perfect mediator between God and men. And then suddenly here in verse 11, and this is unusual, our, our author stops. Our author stops the flow of his argument, which is really unusual. And, and listen to what he says as he begins to challenge them on their maturity in Christ. He wants to go on, but for him to go forward, he has to talk about their maturity. Listen to what he says. Pick it up in verse 11. Hebrews 5, 11. About this, we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you've become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. So I want to have a conversation with you today about your own personal growth and and I want to just talk about our own maturity in Christ. Are we growing more mature as followers of Jesus? Or are we spiritually stunted? Are we languishing in immaturity? A 20-year-old still cutting a steak with a spoon. Are we growing in our walk with Jesus Christ, do you need to do some growing up spiritually? So to help us out, I've got three questions today. Three questions that can help measure our spiritual growth. Three questions to help you determine if you're growing spiritually. Before we get into those three questions, I want to take a moment and pray. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, this gorgeous day. Thank you that we get to gather in the name of Jesus. And I pray today that you would give us a clear 
vision of our walk with Christ. Help us, God, as we study your word to be quick to hear, quick to listen. Help us to apply this to our heart and to our lives today. Help us to grow into full maturity as your children. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so you can write this down. Three questions to measure your spiritual growth. And here's question number one. Question number one. Am I listening? It's a question to measure how well you're growing in Christ. Am I listening? Look at verse 11 in Hebrews chapter 5. About this we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you've become dull of hearing. Am I listening? Am I listening to the Word of God? When God speaks, am I listening to Him? He, the author says we have much to say about this. And the author has said much. And it's a good, it's a good opportunity to remind ourselves of the theme of this book. The theme of the book of Hebrews is Jesus is better. Jesus is superior to all things. In Hebrews chapter, chapter 1 and 2, we saw that Jesus is superior to the angels, the messengers of the old covenant. Jesus is more glorious than, than the angels. The angels worship Jesus. The author went on to say that Jesus is better than Moses, the mediator of the old covenant. We saw that Jesus is better than Joshua. Jesus gives us a better rest than Joshua could ever imagine. And then in chapter 5, Steve showed us last week that Jesus is better than Aaron and the old covenant priesthood. He's even greater than Melchizedek, this mysterious priest king that shows up in Genesis. And the author says here in Hebrews 5.11, about this we have much to say. Our author has much to say about Melchizedek. But did you catch the problem there? The author says they are dull of hearing. They've become dull of hearing. He's concerned he's going to get to the heart of his message and they're not going to hear what he has to say. It's hard to explain, he says, since you have become dull of hearing. Parents, have you ever had to say something four or five times to your children? <laughs> He's comparing them to spiritual children. I'm afraid I'm going to have to say this four or five times, and you're still not going to get it. You're still not going to hear what I have to say. See, our author's about to get to the heart of the book, which is the high priestly ministry of Jesus Christ. This is the centerpiece of the book of Hebrews. And right before he steps into that, which is connected with this figure of Melchizedek, he, he, he's worried and he challenges his audience to listen, to press into full maturity in Christ. He actually reminds me of a story I heard this week. Uh, Bert feared his wife, Peg, wasn't hearing as well as she used to. He thought she might need a hearing aid. 
Not sure quite how to approach her, he called the family doctor to discuss the problem. The doctor told him there's a simple informal test he can perform to give the doctor a better idea about whether or not there has been hearing loss. Here's what you do, said the doctor. Stand about 40 feet away from her. And in a normal conversational speaking tone, say something to see if she hears you. If not, move about 30 feet away from her and try it again. See if she hears it. And if that doesn't work, 20 feet. And if not 20 feet, move a little closer. And that'll help us to know whether she needs hearing aids. So that night, Bert thinks this is a perfect time. Peg's in the kitchen cooking dinner. I'm in my den. So he says, I'm about 40 feet from her right now. Let's see if this works. So he says in a normal tone, Honey, what's for dinner? No response. So he's like, okay, let me move a little closer. Husband moves a little bit closer to the kitchen, about 30 feet from his wife, and he repeats it. Peg, what's for dinner? Nothing, no response. Next, he moves to the dining room, where he's now about 20 feet from his wife. Hey, honey, what's for dinner? Silence, no response. He walks up to the kitchen door, about 10 feet away from his wife. She's cooking. He says, hey, Peg, what are you cooking? What's for dinner? Nothing. So she wa he walks up right behind her. Peg, what's for dinner? Love this. She turns around. For the fifth time, Bert, chicken! <laughs> Talk about being dull of hearing, right? Reminds me of my question today. Am I listening? Don't be a spiritual Bert like I have been so many times in my walk with God where God's been like, Brian, how many times do I have to tell you? You ever experienced that? Do you hear what I'm saying? Are you getting this? That's being dull of hearing. So I want to invite you today to lean in to the voice of God. Lean in to the word of God to listen. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. That's the heart. See, children grow into maturity by listening to their parents. And in the same way, we grow into maturity by listening to the voice of God. Or have we stopped trying? See, maybe we're not growing spiritually because maybe we're not listening. Maybe we've become dull of hearing. It's one of those questions that can measure your spiritual growth today. Am I listening? Am I leaning into the voice of God? Think about the last sermon you heard, and I can use this illustration because it wasn't mine. You know, did you hear 
the last message you heard, or was it like one in one ear, out the other? The last time you opened up the Bible, when was the last time you opened up the Bible? And did you pause to say, God, what are you trying to say to me today? Or, or the last time you made a decision, did you ask God, did you talk to him? Did you say, God, what's your heart with this? What are you saying? I want to hear your voice. It's one of those markers of maturity. Am I listening? Question number two. First one's, am I listening? Second question, kind of determine how we're growing spiritually. It's the question, am I learning? Am I learning? Am I making the effort to grow and learn about my faith? You see this in a couple of places. First of all, verses 12 and 13. Our author says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you ought to be a teacher by now, a teacher of the faith, but you need someone to teach you, again, the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since they are a child. Is there anything wrong with milk? No. No, there's nothing wrong with milk. Um, I still love a good cup of chocolate milk. <laughs> there's my uh, immaturity right there. <laughs> no, um, you know what? There's nothing wrong with milk, and especially for babies. Babies need milk. They need a lot of milk. That was kind of an eye-opening thing for me as a new dad. Like, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah babies, they, they drink milk. I didn't know how much milk... <laughs> A baby's needed. I remember we were, uh, we were in the hospital. Lydia had just been born, first, first child, and nurse comes in, and she's like, you know, this, this baby is going to need to eat every two hours. I'm like, ah, that's no problem. I mean, I need to eat every two hours, so, you know, no big deal. But I, I sleep at night. And, and she says, well, this baby's going to need to eat every two hours. And I, I looked at her, I knew dad. I'm like, not at night, though, right? She's like, no every two hours. Some of you know what that's like. The Lytles, that's what they're doing right now. <laughs> All day, every day. See, I make this point because we have some younger Christians in the room. We have some new believers. We have some baby Christians. There's nothing wrong with needing milk. There's so much to learn about the basics of the Christian faith, isn't there? There's a lot to learn. Some of you are here today. You're a new believer. You're hungry to know God. You want to know his word. You want to know what it means to be saved. And, and that's awesome. We're excited you're here. We're excited you're hungry. You want to grow in your faith. 1 Peter 2.2 says, Like newborn babies, craves pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. As new Christians, we want to understand what Jesus has done in saving us. We want to understand the message of salvation, that pure spiritual milk, so that we can grow up in our salvation. Hebrews says you need milk since you are a child. That's not the problem. Here's the problem. Oh, hold on one sec. I, I'm feeling just a little drink here.
Sorry, I'm just, just a little thirsty. That's good. My wife packed it for me. Just a little bit messed up. Seeing a grown man drinking from a bottle. That's the problem in Hebrews. We've got 40-year-old Christians. Let me ask you this. How many of you have been a Christian 50 years or more? Anybody 50 years or more? Yeah, right here. Look at that. Come on. That's amazing. Okay, keep those hands up. 40 years or more. 40 years or more. 30, 20, 10. Any youth? who have been Christians 10 years or more. We should see, yep, seeing some youth hands. Good, you can put the hands down. Imagine putting 10 years or more into any other area of life. I've put 10 years into the piano. I've put 10 years into photography. I've put... 30 years into quilting, whatever that is. I, I mean, wouldn't you have some skills? And yet, isn't it amazing that when it comes to faith, you can be a Christian 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years and still be a child? I was just thinking about this. I mean, what if we enrolled in a cooking class? We're not church anymore. It's a cooking class. Every Sunday we show up at a cooking class. Wouldn't it be a little bit messed up after doing a cooking class once a week for 10 years if you couldn't even scramble an egg? That would be kind of messed up. And yet we have Christians who've been believers 10, 20, 30, 40 years who can't even explain the message of the gospel to someone who doesn't know about Jesus. After 10, 20, 30, 40 years, wouldn't you have something to teach another person? Some of you have been cooking way longer than I have. And if we got together, you could probably teach me something about cooking. And isn't it amazing? You know, 10, 20, 30 years of walking with Jesus and just still thinking, I have nothing to teach anybody. That is not true. Hebrews says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers. You ought to be leading a small group. You ought to be in learning center teaching children about the faith. You ought to be sitting down one-on-one -on -one with somebody younger in the faith saying, here, how can I help you grow in your faith? That's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> See, everyone has something to teach if we're humble enough to learn. And by the way, what's the best way to learn something? Teach it, right? To teach it. By this time, you ought to be teachers. And how do we get there? We get there by learning. Look at Hebrews 6.1. It 
Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. And that's not talking about like, oh, I don't need that anymore. That's more of let us leave, let us build on this foundation, let us go on to maturity. Not laying again the fo a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. What's kind of the elementary school of the Christian life? It's this list right here. Repentance. Awareness of our sin and a turning from our sin. Faith. Trusting in Jesus. Baptism. That's the washings. Washing away the old life. Rising to a new life. Laying on of hands, which is which is symbolic of the receiving of the gift of the Holy Spirit, the resurrection of the dead. Everyone who trusts in Jesus has eternal life. Those who don't face eternal judgment. See, this list right here captures the elementary school of Christian belief and theology. This is the message of salvation that so many of us have believed. Jesus said in John 5.24, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life, will not come into judgment, but has crossed from death to life. Some message of salvation by turning from our sin and trusting in Jesus. We have a new life. The old life is gone. The new life is here. You've received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Those who have died with Christ will rise with Christ. Amen? We are accepted by God. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And some of you today, your next step is this. It is to say yes to Jesus Christ, to turn from your sin, to trust in Jesus, to go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Some of you here today, your next step is to get baptized, to celebrate the work Christ has done in your life. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Love that scripture, Galatians 2.20. My old life is gone. I'm rising to a new life in Christ. Some of you today, that's your next step to get baptized, to make a public declaration of your faith. Brian, where's the water? I don't know. We'll get the water. That's not a problem. You want to get baptized? Let me know. Let your elder know. We're going to make that happen. Here's the thing, salvation is always going to be the center of our new life in Christ, but it doesn't stop there. There's so much more to learn about who God is and about what God can do in our life so we never stop learning. We never stop learning. The question I want to ask you today is, am I learning? Am I learning more about my faith? Am I listening? Am I learning? These are marks of spiritual maturity. Last one. Am I living it out? Am I living it out? This is Hebrews 5, 13 and 14. Verse 13 says, For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled. Everybody say unskilled. 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 
you know, skills, um, nunchuck skills, uh, bow hunting skills, computer hacking skills. Sorry, I just, skills, I always go there. Again, immaturity here. <laughs> For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled. Unskilled in what? The word of righteousness. Everyone who is immature in their faith is unskilled in what? The word. The word. Unskilled in the word of righteousness. An immature Christian is a Christian who is unskilled in taking God's word and applying it to their life. Number one thing that can accelerate your spiritual growth today to get into God's word, so God's word can get into you. I, I love, uh, Max was telling me a little bit about his time at Cairn, and he was saying, uh, he's, by the way, he's majoring in Bible, minoring in music, which is exciting, and uh, he's, he's starting April 1st, just in time for Good Friday and Easter Sunday, so throwing him right into the deep end. Max was telling me about his time at Cairn, and, and I asked if I could share this. He, his first week, one of his professors said, you need to know the word for yourself. And he, two years later, that stuck with him. Through his education, it's all been about this. You need to know this word for yourself. And I think that's a powerful statement. We all could, could learn that. I need to know this. I need to know God's word for myself. And you need to know God's word for yourself. Because that's how we, we grow. Unless, unless we know God's word, we're going to remain children. Because we're always going to remain dependent on someone else to feed us. A pastor, a spouse, a mom, a dad, somebody else. And what... What Hebrews is saying today is you need to know this for yourself. Because that's how you're going to grow in maturity in Christ. Verse 14 reads, Solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. The word that sticks out to me here is trained by constant practice. You ever done sports or anything like that? How do you get better at anything? It's, it's practice. Practice, practice, practice. And we're trained by constant practice. Uh, I love Thai food. Does anyone here like Thai food? Okay. Couple. I was really looking for somebody to go have lunch with. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love Thai food. I, my favorite dish is green curry. So every time I go to a Thai restaurant, I always order the green curry. Um, it's, it's got some spice to it, so you want to be careful, especially if you're at a Thai restaurant. Um, if you ask for something hot, you just need to know that uh, Thai hot is very different than American hot. Okay, we're, we're talking about two different things here. So I was like, American hot, American hot, please. <laughs> so I always get the green curry. Well, a few weeks ago, uh, Angie and I had an opportunity to go out on a date, which is amazing. I highly recommend that, married people. <laughs> uh, so we've, we tried out a new Thai restaurant, and I ordered the green curry like I always do. And, and the green curry came out. It was, 
you know, it was good, but it was like lacking that curry flavor. And normally I wouldn't know that except I eat a lot of green curry. <laughs> I guess you could say my powers of discernment had been trained by constant practice. Huh? That's a good one, right? Same thing's true in our spiritual life. Right? Our, just like our physical senses can be trained to discern good food from bad food, our spiritual senses can be trained to discern the goodness of the world from the fleeting pleasures of sin, the truth of God's word from the lies that bombard us. Teach us to, to discern between faith and fear. Got to get into God's word so God's word gets into you. And it starts with the constant practice, trained by constant practice in the word of God. So the question I have for you today is, are you in the word and are you living this out? That's the ultimate mark of maturity. 2 Timothy 3.15 says, from childhood you've known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Did you catch that? The scriptures make you wise. The scriptures make you wise. Rightly divides the word of truth. Helps you understand who God, who God is. It trains your heart to be able to discern not only some of the bad ideas out there, but some of the lies in here. We've got to know God's word for ourselves. It's how we mature. It's how we live this out. Um, if you're new, if you need help, and you're wondering, how do I study the Bible for myself? I want to leave you with a resource. Charles Swindoll wrote a great book called Searching the Scriptures. I have it in my bag right next to my baby bottle. I'm not going to grab it. Prepare your own spiritual meals. Isn't that what we want to do? Prepare our own meals. We want to learn how to cook for ourselves. It's a simple book that will teach you how to observe, interpret, and apply the Word of God to your life. Um, but it's, but it's, really, it's actually pretty simple. To know God's Word for yourself, you have to be in God's Word for yourself. So what a great challenge today, isn't it? Press on to maturity. How do we do that? Three questions. Am I listening? Am I learning? Am I living this out? And what does our, our passage say at the end? And God permitting, we will do so. Amen. Let's pray. And Jake, if you want to come up. Heavenly Father, um, thank you for this challenging message today to press on to maturity. And we know that apart from your work in our life, we are... Uh, desperately, we desperately struggle with that. So, Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would come, would convict, would encourage, and would draw us deeper into our walk with you. I pray that we would leave from here today challenged to spend time in your word. Maybe this afternoon, maybe starting tomorrow, maybe getting back into that regular habit of time with you. And I pray that as we do that, we would press on to that, that maturity. Lord, for those, maybe you're feeling convicted. Is there someone I can teach? Lord, I should be a teacher by now. I pray that you would help them to step into that calling today and what a great calling it is. Lord, thanks for our time together. Thanks for your word. Thanks for leading us, guiding us, directing us. We love you, God. 
It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.